Well, last long box. Wednesday, June 19th, me do show hot hands. Me Randy. Randy smash. Me Tommy. And Madman on board, Enos no here. <laughs> smash Enos when get here. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Lost in the Long Box. I actually can't do the show with these the whole time because I just realized I, I can't do anything exactly. with the laptop. But it's just for smashing. That's right. You're so. going to use those to protect Tom King, right? You're right. No touch of King! Smash you know, anyone <laughs> that comes near Tom King. <laughs> right, exactly. How was everybody's weekend? Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. good. Enos yeah. is coming in the door. Enos, nobody can hear you yet, so as a... As we like to say, sit your ass down. Um, and you know this. Our, our weekend was really good. We have a, a new addition to the family. I've been blowing up my Facebook with it. We adopted a doggy. So, uh, Did you see, let's jump right to the news items. Endgame is going to get re-released this month. Um, you know why they're doing that, right? Oh, they want to beat Avatar. They want to beat Avatar. Yeah. That's which is why they added the extra 15 minutes, which from what I read is supposed to be an end credit scene. Yeah, I'm going to wait for for for. Uh, I'm going to wait for that to this. drop on YouTube. Right? Yeah, I'm YouTube, not, Blu-ray, something like uh, that. I'm I, not I paying again just so I can... The wife hasn't seen it yet, so if she decides she wants me to take her to see it, then sure, why not? But barring that, it's going to be Blue, Blu-ray yeah. or uh, YouTube. Yeah, I, don't I didn't get the dates on when they was going to be back in the theaters, guys. Uh, Crap, I think it's actually supposed to be like the end of this week. Yeah, something like that. Like this Pretty weekend, quick. so... If so. only there was this, this thing on, on your computer where you could type in something that you're searching for, and this engine would pop up, and it would give you the answers to what you know you were asking. And Enos's defense, he doesn't have a computer <laughs> in front of him. <laughs> I would say he did give me that. I'm going to punch you look. Just yeah, now. he does. Oh, no. Maybe I need to give him the whole cans. No, um, no, I'm good. So, <laughs> so I, I don't want to see Enos get mad. I, I, I don't. I've I, never I don't, seen I, that before, and I imagine it's probably not a pretty sight. Yeah, because so, uh, what did they say over in in the UK? He's several hands above me, so I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. he could smash me fairly yeah, easily. He's, he's, um, he's got Exactly. So no, folks. I'm a gent. I am a gentle giant. So Marvel Comics have been releasing, have been tweeting the Spider-Man uh, teasers. The first one was a a four in a little spider web, and everybody started assuming it was one of two things: either it was going to be um, the the unproduced script for Spider-Man Four was going to be done in Marvel Comics, or it was going to be a team up between Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, which would make sense. Until the next day, they dropped number three <laughs> in the web. So it's basically just a countdown. And then they it's dropped something. And then yesterday, they dropped something. number two. I don't know if they dropped number one today. To be honest, I haven't gone out and looked. Uh, but I would assume something big is coming down with Spider-Man. Because Sobolski has even said, you have not seen this one coming. So hopefully it's going to be really good. Uh, other news. So Boom Studios um, just announced that they're going to be doing a new series by James Tanyan, Tanyan the fourth. I'm sorry if I just butchered your name. Uh, famous for Detective and Batman Internal. Um, he's doing another horror series called Something is Killing the Children, which is going to be set like in the middle United States, so I guess like in the uh, Midwest uh, states, what have you. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because Boom seems to be really good with the horror titles lately, um, especially if you haven't been reading um, Empty Men by Cullen Bunn, which is a really great one. Um, and then he's also doing Bone Parish. So if you're reading Empty Men and you like what Boom's doing with horror, you might want to check out Something That's Killing the Children when that comes out. I'm probably going to be picking that up to take a look at it. The next one, did you hear this? So you know those Funko Pops? Mm -hmm. I hate the things. So do I. I, I yeah, I'm not a fan either. I don't, I don't understand the I, appeal. I can't, can't stand them. But then I noticed that they announced they're doing a Black Label Batman Damned Funko Pop. No I saw bat, that. No it, bat penis I looked. 
Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can tell you right now, I'd have bought it if they'd have had the backbone to put a, back pe- a bat penis on it, but they didn't. Uh, what was it, uh, Nick, over at uh, Gateway said today? No bat wang. No like, bat wang. <laughs> no bat wang. Oh, good. All right, so I, I got to tell you, I'm actually, I don't know if this is good or bad. I'm actually getting excited now for Jonathan Hickman's House of X and Powers of X. Oh, really? Because now they've released a little six-minute video with Jordan White, their senior editor and writer, Jason Aaron, along with Jonathan Hickman, talking about his upcoming run on both X, House of X and Powers of X. And they're both saying that he's going to do something you haven't seen with the characters before, uh, including that scene they said that you've ne- that is going to be the most pitiful scene of all of the X-Men history. So I, I'm actually getting on board for it. I think I might pick it up. I'm still not. Uh, and the only reason is because I've read some of his writing before. He's really good. Like, I really love what he did I was going to say, I've, I've heard good things about he him. He did an excellent job on Fantastic Four. And, and yeah, Fantastic I've, heard, Four. I've heard he's really good. I don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's not why I'm not looking to check it out. It's just it's yet just seem, another reboot. Is it reboot. me, or does it seem like when they announced something about the X-Men, that one time you used to be filled with excitement, now it's like, eh. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of how I am. Which yeah. is why... I'm a little pleasantly surprised that, okay, you have hooked me. Now, let me see it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'll give them the props. They've, they've done their job. Oh, by the way, two pieces of news that I know you both are going to get excited for. So we found out what was going on with Brian Michael Bendis' little tweets with the whole Millennium thing. Uh-huh. It is the reintroduction of the Legion of Superheroes Millennium. So I believe it's going to be a two-issue miniseries followed by a regular ongoing. There you go. A uh, couple of changes, though. He mentions um, in the solicitation that they're from the 32nd century, so the 31st. I don't consider that that big of a change myself, really. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. 2,000 I mean, years, almost 200 years. <laughs> right. I mean, are we going to have the same team? Is it going to be like Saturn Girl and It's going to be the Boy same team, but they're going to be radically different. They're not going to look the same. So it looks like they're, I mean, they're doing the same thing with Rebirth. They're restructuring everything for a younger generation, which I'm fine with it because it's working. You know, yeah. As long as we have the return of the greatest legionnaire ever, matter reader lad, matter reader lad. <laughs> well, what they said that was one. That was the reason why. One of the reasons why they aged John Kent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So to oh, be the new super because he'll be the new Superboy in that. Yeah, Ma- <laughs> Madman and I were talk- discussing Matter Eater Lad uh, prior to the show and how great his power would be in the real right. world. The he fact could that solve he could so just many problems. Right. How, how, right. many, how many real world problems he would be able to solve if he if he was on this planet? Oh, the, nuclear waste? Uh, I got no. about six hours. Yep, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all these things would be, be solved just because Matter Eater Lad would oh. just eat the problem. Oil spill on the Gulf? Yeah, give me a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it would be a great real-world power. Except it's one of those ones that doesn't really write real well in a comic <laughs> book for a superhero, but in the real world. Yeah, except then he comes out of whatever mess he's cleaned up, and he's like, who's got Tums? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that he comes from a planet called Bismol. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know that's on purpose. They had a that had to, to be on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully we'll get a return of Matter Eater Lad, because right. I do love me some Matter Eater Lad. But also, too, DC announced they're going to re-release the Legion Flight Rings, um, which I don't know if you remember, several years ago they did the nice plastic, uh, it was obviously the toy ring you get, but I'm thinking they're going to release that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, or else it's going to be a high-end collector's item. Like several years ago there was a company, I think Aurora Silver, in right. Mexico that was making the high-end metal rings. They had from all the Justice League, and they had a... Um, 
They had one for BSG. They had one for Legion Flight Ring. So they're high-quality items. I don't think DC would go that far as to actually make a high-end ring like that. Uh, but who knows? If but, I would pay high in, in prices for a Legion Flight Ring, I better be able to fly. Right, exactly. But saying. here's the thing. Uh, their first appearance is actually going to be in Superman 14. So I think 12 just dropped last week. And, you know, so that is monthly. So that should put that around August, September time frame. Yeah. So, guys, make sure you pick up Superman 14. will be the actual first appearance of the new Legion of Superheroes. And while we're on first appearances, Action um, 1015, um, Argo Naomi is making her debut in the DC Universe in Metropolis. Oh, which I think is funny because number six still hasn't dropped. Um, and you haven't been reading that, have you, Tommy? I have not. You, 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 you guys really have to told me that spoke highly of it, so I probably need to start picking it up. But well, maybe, maybe when the first trade hits, I'll. Well, pick the it up. trade will probably be out a week after issue six drops because <laughs> that's how they tend to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't fault. I mean, I don't fault them. Anyone who wasn't picking up the series when the trade drops says, "Okay, I heard a good thing. Is now I'm going to pick it up." Yeah, you guys have talked pretty highly about it, so it is something it's, I want to check out. It's been really good. I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, and, and like I was saying earlier, you and I are pretty much on the same page with what we like to read. So if you like it, I'll probably like it. I I am really looking forward to that Legion of Superheroes. Oh yeah. Uh, just I don't know. I've been a fan with them ever since way back in the day uh, when Superboy was with them. Then he left them for a while, and then he came back and. So, oh, yeah, you got to love the Legion. Any, I like any kind of to tale about the future. Yep. It's fun stuff. So I'd, I'd love to have me a new Booster Gold ongoing. Just uh, saying. Someone is Just supposed saying. to still be working on it. I thought Jeff Johns had hinted at but now he's oh, doing Shazam. So. I'd, I'd love to see Jeff come back to, to that. He was great on the, you know, the, the Booster Gold series. We might have to brainstorm that. Who would be a good writer to pick up that book in? Well, and I mean, obviously it. Jeff Johns because he's good at everything. Well, I now, he's... Remember, he was he was a major character just now in, in Heroes in Crisis. He so was. Something might spin out of that for him. Yeah. Your boy could probably pull it off. Well, because, well, there's news on my boy, which, by the way, you listeners, uh, my boy is Tom King because I have a man crush. I'll freely admit it. There. Fine. I, I got it to it before Tommy could. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get you later in the show. But he announced that not only is he <laughs> writing or uh, uh, help to co-write the New Gods movie, but he's also apparently working on a secret TV project, which explains part of why he left Batman, because there was too much time constraints. So Yeah. I wonder what that, yeah, that could be good. But, but anyway. I Mr. Miracle. But, but going, no, because Mr. Miracle is probably going to be in a New and, Gods and movie. A New Gods movie, yeah, okay. But going back to what you said about Booster, uh, we already know that Wally's going to get that Flash Forward miniseries coming out of Heroes in Crisis. And they announced there's a new miniseries for Harley and Poison Ivy. That's spinning out of that. So I would not be surprised if we don't see something for Booster. Uh, we want some Booster. So you guys got anything that you heard or read about that you want to discuss? I took a look at the um, Superman Year One trailer that they did. I've never been a fan of John Romita Jr.'s art, but this looks really, really good. And I think I'm going to check out that first issue. Well, I, I can tell you what. You're not going to check it out here because I actually went to the comic shop before I came here, and he is sold out. Oh, my. Oh, so this week? Yes. It came out today. today. And this is a black label book, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is black label. Yeah. And he actually called Diamond, and Diamond is out. Oh, wow. So he told me that if he can find some at the show this weekend, he'll pick one up for me, even if he's got to pay retail for it. No. That sounds like I need to put on an online order tonight for that book. Right. I may actually tell you just grab two of them while you're at Because I was okay. going to go to um, our buddies up at Flashback um, Saturday, and I'd I'm, I'm be willing to bet dollar to donuts he's out already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. 
And I and I love how they paid homage to the flesh of Superman with that uh she, with the um with the black shield with the red um right, S right. black shield in the background. That's I always thought that was pretty cool. I really liked that version of the S. Right. But it only stuck around for a couple of years and it was like I wanna say it was in the early twenties or thirties issues runs, right? Because it did start as red and yellow. Right. right. And then I think deep in the World War Two years is when it went red and black, mm-hmm. right? I think so. But it, it didn't stick around for long. So, but, but it was funny because you, since you mentioned Superman Year One, that came out today. Another thing that came out today, if you guys haven't read it in the initial c- comic form when it came out, um, Batman Flash the Button Trade Paperback. So well, I got you, the hardcover. Yeah, if you didn't read that, you need to pick that yeah. up. That was a great story yeah. because it picks up literally where DC Universe Rebirth left off. Okay, where. Have you read that? Well, spoiler alert. When Batman finds the Watchmen button in the walls of the Batcave. Right. I've heard a little bit about it, but no, I haven't it's, read it. It's a great story. So, yeah, the button literally picks up with that, and it's uh, four issues. I want to say it was 20 and 21 of both series. It might have been 21 or 22 uh, with Batman and Flash working on yeah, the mystery crossed of crossed over. But it bleeds right into Doomsday Clock, um, which is still dragging on. I, You know, when they took that thing bi-monthly, I said, well, that's the death of that book. Oh, yeah. So, and also I found out, I, I think Hell's Freezing Over next week because supposedly Batman Damned 3 is supposed to release next week. Uh, you know, I haven't still haven't read the second one yet. I'm going to have to reread both of them now. Yeah, but. well, that's why I haven't read the second one yet. Because by the time the third one came out, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to remember anything. I was going to have to go back and read the first two, so I figured I may as well just wait. Right. Didn't I make the joke that this is going to be the Camelot 3000 of the, yep. of the 2000? Yeah. <laughs> and you and I both know because we were both... Of age when that when well, that series came out, that book took forever. It was literally a year to between issues out. eleven and twelve. Between the penultimate and the actual last issue was a, a year. And you know what? I'm proud to say I wasn't reading the series then, so everybody was complaining about it. I was like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think I went and bought the um all of them once it was over. Right. I went to, I went to that bookstore in um, Goldsboro, Tales We Sold, and I bought every last one of them. I can't think of any books that I was reading that had such a long delay, other than Batman Damned, obviously, that by the time it finally came out, I no longer cared. Yeah. I don't know. So um, Tommy and I were talking about this earlier. Enos, I don't know if you picked it up or not. Uh, Silver Surfer Black, number I one last it. week. So I know that Donny Cates is supposed to be the wonder kid over there at Marvel, and everything he writes is really good. Right. I wasn't impressed with Silver Surfer Black, number one. And I don't know why. It's just it felt too much like I've seen this already. Yeah, I might have to borrow that one from you before I pick up my own. I, I, I like it. I like Donny Cates. Uh, his his run on Guardians of the Galaxy has been really good. Right. I tell you what, I'll go ahead and let you borrow my copy, and if you like it, you can just have it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I hate to say it. I was, I don't even think I'm going to give it an issue two. So, wow. and I think it's only like a five or six issue miniseries anyway. So, yeah. I don't think it's regular ongoing. I I kind of miss regular ongoing titles. Everything now is miniseries. Yeah. They don't, they don't make writers anymore plot out year or two in advance. It's like, well, I have a story that I can tell now. Okay, great. Well, what's when that story is done? Well, I have a story I can tell now. Okay, we'll give you a miniseries, and then we'll find somebody else when it's done. It's, to me, it's like one of the things you always could rely on was a good comic book series, one that was going to stay around for a while and give you some good stuff. And you just made a very excellent point. Everything now is, is not an ongoing series. Everything is a miniseries. They keep stopping, picking up, and stopping. 
And um, I'm pretty sure you didn't talk to folks. A lot of people are getting frustrated with that. Right. Right. Well, I, and I get why they're doing it because they're calling them seasons. And it's a format that's working really good for the independents, mm-hmm. like Boom and Dynamite and, and what have you. Because Dynamite. they can't com- really they can't commit <laughs> to full runs like DC and Marvel can. So it's good for them if I had got this really great idea for a story. And admittedly, a lot of those stories do have just one a de- definitive beginning, middle, end, and right. is done. Okay, and so that works. But when you have characters that have such a rich history like Fantastic Four or X-Men uh-huh. or Batman, we don't want small runs that last six or seven issues and then you get a new creative team and you reboot the stupid thing again. Right. Exactly. Yeah, we so. went on going. I mean, we're not asking What's for that? a Chris Claremont type run. Because that gets old after a <laughs> while. I would think that would get very old after a while. But, you know, you know, a decent run of, you know, Well, a it, it of also years. gets frustrating when you say, I need Spider-Man issue 16. Which volume? Mm. Well, who was he fighting in issue 15? <laughs> well, he was fighting uh, Electro. Was he fighting the male Electro or the female Electro? I give up! <laughs> yep. So, all right, so that's the news. We covered it, uh, the, the new items. You guys got anything before I have uh, Mad Men read our advert? Uh, I'm looking forward to the JSA returning. Yes. Yes, yes I actually saw that. Yep, yep, um, looking forward to that. And Alan Scott is going to be part of that, right? Oh, I'm sure he I'm is. Sure. Well, yeah, how, how do you have the JSA without Alan Scott? Or Jay Garrick. Or I Hall believe Man. it's the classic JSA that right. we remember because the article I read, they specifically mentioned about, and I think it's a Scott Snyder who's bringing him into yeah. in yeah. Justice yeah. League. Yeah. He's going to pull him in Justice League about they being the iconic heroes of World War II, and he remembers reading the story. So I think we're getting the Justice Society. Dude, yeah. do you remember every summer? There would always be the, the Justice J- League JSA crossover. crossover. Oh, oh man, man, those made my summers, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, just great. went to eleven. <laughs> I hope they bring them back. I hope they bring them back. Well, they started doing that again once the uh, back in the late uh, early two early late two thousands with the, when the the, yeah. the comics would cross over in the summer. But it just wasn't as good. It wasn't the same as because you would get that issue where they say next month. The one you've been waiting for, the annual Justice League JSA team up, and you're like, oh boy, it was always a good two to three story arc, and then they'd they'd hug and kiss or go their own ways. Well, it, it, it was something that you definitely look forward to every summer. It was great. You hated being a, a three. You had to wait three months because it, it always would come out like. Right in the middle of the summer, then you have, you're back in school when the third right, <laughs> would come right. out. And, and not to mention too, they would. They would hype that thing for at least two months ahead yeah. of time, but with a nice full-page house ad, and you're like, "Oh boy, here it comes!" Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because you know I always like those stories: Jay Garrick, Alan Scott, Power well, Girl, Doctor Midnight, I mean, Doctor three Midnight, of the greatest um, characters that were ever created. And I would love to see the current Doctor Midnight, Doctor Peter Cross, get um get another shot at a book or a miniseries because he I I man I read him in JSA. When Jeff Johns was doing it, oh man, he's freaking awesome. Yep. Well, you asked if we had something before you before Madman pays the bills. As you know, gentlemen, last week I started our new segment, the oh, Lost right. in the Long Box You Big Dummy Award. Well, I have one this week. The one uh, you took one of mine was like Mart was about um Endgame Return to Theaters. <laughs> Talk about a money grab. And why, Marvel, are you that greedy 
that you will want to put your fans through that three-plus-hour torture again. (laughs) Again. The second Big Dummy Award goes to an unnamed, a person, I don't know the guy's name, but there's part of a Facebook group that we three are all part of who made a comment about um, when he was criticizing Batman after watching the new animated feature Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I have heard is quite good. I purchased it. I haven't looked at it yet, but from what I have seen, the fight between Batman and Shredder is something to see. However, this person, and you know, I have to, I was, I wanted to give the guy his due on the fact that a lot of Batman fans make him out like he's God, like he can beat any and everybody. He's well prepared as well as he is. But the thing that that prompted me to give this guy the, the Lost in the Long Box You Big Dummy Award is that he had the audacity to compare Batman to a professional wrestler by the name of Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, Lord. I didn't read that post. Oh, oh. oh. He said, Bat- he said, and I quote, Batman is the Roman Reigns of comics. Oh, For those on. of you who don't know who Roman Reigns is, he's a third generation, prof- he's a second generation professional wrestler who is one of the most popular wrestlers that's now out now in WWE. And he is the son of one half of the Wild Samoans, Sika. And he's first cousin to Dwayne Johnson, who is known as The Rock, and cousin to The Usos. The reason why this guy referred to Roman Reigns is because a lot of people think he's overrated because he has a lot of charisma and he was being pushed early. I'm sorry. You cannot compare a comic book character that has been around for 80 years and compare him to someone who's only been wrestling about 10 or 12. (laughs) And I'm like, how the, what were you thinking? And the, what makes it so bad, some of these guys in this group need to just go sit down somewhere <laughs> and just leave comics alone because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I can't tell you. I know the group you're talking about, too. I can't tell you how many times someone has made a comment and I find myself typing. I'm like, no, no, don't feed the trolls. Back, 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 that back, makes back, two back. of us, <laughs> bud. So, Enos, I have to ask. If, if, you know, I agree with you. I would not compare Batman to Roman Reigns. Who would you compare him to? If I had to comp- past, pre- past or present, doesn't matter. Wrestlers if, only? No wrestlers. Oh, I wouldn't compare him to a wrestler. I would, I would have him right on par with, with another classic character that he was inspired by, Zorro. I'll give you that. Yeah. And also, I would also compare him to another cat classic character who preceded him, the Phantom. Right. Oh, yep. But because Zorro, because of his, of his staying power, and, and all three of them have to have this same common denominator, staying power, they have a diehard legion of fans, and no matter how they're presented, they never get old. Right, exactly. So speaking of Batman, and you mentioned this on your other Facebook page, Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever, um, this weekend, I actually might even be today, is the 30th anniversary of the Michael Keaton Batman, and I plan to pop that DVD into my uh, <laughs> player Saturday night and watch that. Go, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. 
So all, all weekend long. You're probably so, going to be annoying your wife and dog. So nameless person on this Facebook group that Randall Thomas and I are. Are you part of it, Scott? Uh, which one? Well, we can't call it by name. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you off camera. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think you are. Because, look, trust me, if you were on it, I know damn sure I'd have seen you comment by Every something. day. You would be in an argument with somebody I, I'm every not day. joking when I tell you every day I start typing away. I'm like, no, don't encourage them. Back it off. Back it off. Back, 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 back. I do that as it is. And some of these guys don't think before they post. They really don't. Right. But to the nameless person who had who was stupid, and yes, I'm calling you stupid, enough to compare a character that's been around for 80 years, tried, tested, and true, and will probably be here long after you're dead and buried. Compare him to a, a professional wrestler, who I'm a big fan of, but he's no Batman. You get the Lost in the Long Box, you big dummy award. So you know what's going to happen. Hmm. Um, some of those listeners are probably some of our listeners are probably on that Facebook group. We're going to jump like three hundred listeners after this show just for that alone. <laughs> hey, I'd be happy with that. Uh, you should tell them about the YouTube. We're streaming live yeah, on YouTube. Yes, right now. actually, guys, we are streaming this live on YouTube. So, n- nameless dummy who wants to find any of us and kick our butt. Enos is a guy in the corner with the glasses and the bald head, just so we make sure. <laughs> Six foot four, three hundred and thirty-six pounds. Come get me. But yes, uh, as Madman said, we actually do now stream the episodes on YouTube, and they are posted up there after we're done as well. So you can actually go on there and see what we look like. You can see um, every once in a while when we're laughing. Like I know a couple weeks ago, Tommy was futzing around with the, the <laughs> headphones and blew my eardrums off, and you actually get to see me react on that one. You know, so, Edis, speak, of, speak of your Because I was like, I can't believe the weight. camera was actually running yeah, on that one. In, in our younger days, we should have we should have actually trained to be professional wrestlers. I swear, I could I could have been your manager with the big mouth that got get, get me in trouble, <laughs> and right. you could be the guy that comes in and beats people down. Yeah. Before, before we it just work. totally yeah, derail work. the show, Mad Men paid the bills. Absolutely. Uh, this is Lost in the Long Box, and we are sponsored by Flashback Comics. Flashback Comics is located in Woodbridge, Virginia, and they have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They are located at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. They are open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. And on Sundays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy that Lost in the Log Box sent you. You know, you know what? I have to agree with you, Thomas. It's, it is suddenly very hot in here. Yeah, my feet are sweating. That's, yes. why, I have, that's why I don't have my shoes on. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's anyway. It's a lights. It's a lights. Um, tonight's, oh, that's what it is. There, are, there is an extra light up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so for tonight's subject, we're going to discuss the best villainous plots in comics. So you know what always makes a good hero is a good nemesis to play off of. Oh, of course. And I decided there's been some moments in comics where the villain really was a villain. And you're like, I, I can't believe he did that or they did that or that the writer did that or the editor let them do that. And you just like sit there flabbergasted that this actually went off the way it did because – it doesn't always happen, but when evil wins, it wins big in a lot of these comics. So I decided, let's talk about some of the ones that just were like, set the book down and just made you sit there and go, damn. Enos, <laughs> uh, you can start off. Well, mine was one of my favorite. It was, a, it was one story. Ouch. But it was, in to me, it's one of the best Batman stories ever written. And it and it's called that was the Joker's five way revenge. 
written by Danny O'Neill and with art by Neil Adams and Dick Giordano. Really quickly, is that the one where he came back after like a 20-year absence in the comics? Th- yes, this was this was the book that brought the Joker back and and Denny O'Neill brought him back big. And when I mean big, the Joker really, he started off in the 40s. He was a murderous, he didn't hesitate to kill people. I had them, there was, um, you may have that treasury with the Jim Apparel cover mm-hmm. where they did a reprint of um, where the Joker went and took black paint and covered the markings on the road and made a bus full of people just drive off the cliff for the sheer hell of it. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, huh? Danny O'Neill brought the Joker back because he because let's face it, he evolved into more of a clown, especially after the Cesar Romero um right um portrayal on the '66 Batman series. Well, the whole purpose of Neil of Julius Schwartz putting um, Danny O'Neill, Neil Adams, and Nick Giordano on Batman was to take him back to basics. They did the same thing with the villains here. The Joker's five, the Joker's five way revenge. I love this story because we had the opportunity to see the Joker in a completely different light. We see how homicidal he is, but we also find out how methodical he is as well. In this particular story, he stays one step ahead of Batman the entire story. Now I talked about this on a previous broadcast, but um, the the, the um, plot of the story is. The Joker breaks out of Arkham Asylum, kills a few people, and he's mad. He um, he is on um actually wants to de- deal out vengeance against his gang and try to find out who fingered him, which which led Batman to catch him. So he visits each one of these guys, and before Batman can get there, he offs him. The first guy he Batman wasn't even there. He shows up, gives the guy an exploding cigar, but it had nit- but it wasn't like an old pal. It had nitroglycerin in it, so it blew him and the room that he was in the Smithereens. The second guy, Batman, got to first, or so he thought. The guy was an old boxer, and he and Batman were um were were um, what um sparring, and he got thirsty and he drank the water. Yeah. Joker had um had spiked the water with Joker venom and killed the guy. Another guy got away from Batman, this dude named Bigger Mel- Melvin, who looks like a Charles Manson reject. The only difference is he didn't have a mustache. The dumb fool was safe, and he takes a blackjack and clocks Batman in the back of the head, Yeah. and he goes into goes back into his room where he doesn't see the Joker there waiting on him. When the Joker gets back, he see, when, when Batman goes back, he sees that the Joker's got Bigger Melvin dangling from, a, from the ceiling, he sees uh, he sees the Joker, but it's too late. The Joker knocks Batman out and has the opportunity to kill him, but he doesn't do it. Priorities. Yep. So there's no, and then the last guy was this dude um, named Bart, whatever his name was, and he had him at a Shark Tank. And if you recall the episode of Batman the animated series, The Laughing Fish, part of that story was taken from this issue. Where Batman got into the um was thrown into the shark tank, and um that was in there. And the only and the only way Batman caught the Joker, 
He slipped on some oily residue on the beach just before Bo right. Yard oh, from yeah. his right. car. That's right. Yeah, because he was going to get away. Yeah, he would have gotten away. That that is actually a great story. That's a pretty penny now too, because oh, yeah. uh, I can't yeah. remember who the editor on Batman was before then, but he hated the Joker character, and he pretty much put his foot down. So this character is never going to be in this book. I don't want him there. I'm, is, it, is it safe to say it was Sheldon Moulton? Not, not it, Sheldon it, it might be. I, I really can't remember the editor, but I know that when. Swartz took over. He's like, okay, you know, and then he noticed that I want to bring Joker back, and he was like, absolutely, go ahead, because you hadn't seen a character in like literally twenty years. He he's been based, he was banned from Batman, so um, I'm gonna skip and go to Madman. Oh what? Yep, Madman, you got a, a superhero. But I'm gonna skip Madman and go back to Tommy. Okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so we're gonna go to the Mighty Galactus and the original Galactus trilogy. Yeah. The Coming of Galactus of This Be Doomsday and the Starling Saga of the Silver Surfer, which introduced us to Galactus. One of the best, in my mind, one of the best villains out there because when you come down to it, he's really not a villain. You know, he's doing what he has to do to survive. survive. You know, he eats these planets because he needs to. Right. You know, I mean, it. it's a side effect that it kills billions of people, but it's no different than you or I eating, like, you know, chicken. Or something like that, and they well, they even address that later in the in the FF because I think even Reed says, "You guys are looking at Galactus wrong. He is not a, a force of evil. He's right. a force of nature. Yeah, he's he, a force of nature. He keeps the entropy down in the universe, but it doesn't change the fact that he's trying to eat our planet. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, you know, it doesn't change that. And you know, we definitely want to stop him, but he's really not a bad guy, so to speak. He's the oldest living creature in the universe." Because he be, he was created at, at the Big Bang that created our universe, right. um, you know. But it starts out the the series starts out with the Watcher coming to the Fantastic Four to let him know that you know Galactus is coming. Um, you know he's trying to you know give him give him the warning and to, to get him to stop. Uh, in the next part, if this be Doomsday, uh, the Watcher tries to appeal to leave to get Galactus to leave Earth alone. And when diplomacy doesn't work, you know we start the fight. Uh, you know, Human Torch thing, they attack him to no effect. Um, you know, eventually they get, you know, Silver Surfer to turn on him and get the ultimate nullifier, you know, to try to to try to try take him down. And he agrees to, you know, if, if you turn this back over to me, I'll leave your planet alone. And he's a man of his word. Right. And he does just that. So that's why one of the reasons why I've, always, why I've always liked this story and I've always liked Galactus the character because he's a force of nature, and you know some stuff is going to get messed up no. when he appears, but he's not evil. I, I have to admit, every time I read a story with Galactus in it, it's always a good story. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. Even, yeah, the it is. even the last one that Dan Slott just did in Fantastic Four, where Doom basically enslaved Galactus and made him a power source for Latveria, you're like, oh, this is not going to end well. Yeah. No, and, Reed, no. and Reed even tries to tell him, Doom, you can't do this. <laughs> you may have it controlled now, but he's going to get out. Right, because oh, yeah. he is Galactus. <laughs> right, it's, so that's a great one. And I love the fact that Galact that Reed Richards is the only thing that I, there's the only personal entity that Galactus has any respect. Absolutely, for. I was going to oh, yeah, say the exact same thing because he pretty much doesn't even care about anything. He else. cares no, about nothing else. He doesn't even acknowledge you. Well, here's yeah. the odd thing: he has more respect for Richards than he does his own heralds. Exactly. And yeah. did you read when John Burns? Remember John Burns' run? Do you remember the trial of Reed Richards when he yeah. was? Oh, I had because I, he had saved Galactus's life, and the Shi'ar Empire was like, "You had a chance to earn, or earn to end a universal evil," and that's when Richards was pleading, "He's not an evil entity; he's a force of nature." 
Right. I mean, there's it's 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 nothing he can do about it. Right. You right. Know? I'm sure if you gave Galactus a choice of not eating planets to survive, he'd probably take it. Right. And I always like that that you know, no one really knows for sure what Galactus ever really looks like. Right. And he's, I think he's perceived by you know different races as you know being one of them. Choose the form of the Destructor. Yeah. <laughs> and like so, I like the um, but he did. Um, during the first Hercules Prince of Power storyline in 1982 with Arden written and drawn by Bob Layton, another unsung artist, um, he actually takes his helmet off and he has a conversation with Hercules. And I just, it's, he's a very interesting character who, like as we were talking about Batman earlier, he never gets old. I would love to see Marvel put out a Galactus compendium, just all the Galactus stories, um, from and the very first trilogy all the way up to, like, you know, say present. Just Yeah, I mean, well, that, that would be great. You, I'd love to see that. Yep. I got a feeling once the um, Fantastic Four are introduced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're going to get your wish. So I noticed that Madman dug out the, the trade paperback at Greatest Joker story because that Batman story is in it, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Five Way Revenge. I, yeah. <clears throat> I looked it up. It's Julius Schwartz that was the editor. He was the editor. Well, he was the editor that took over. Who was the editor that before him that that forbade uh, Joker being used? Uh, that's not in here. Okay, I'll have to look at <laughs> it. I know that I read the story because I was like, that's why he wasn't around. Because I didn't know until like maybe a couple years ago that Joker had been um, forbidden from the yeah, Batman like for, for like twenty years. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Um, so one that I have here. Um, to me, this is still one of the best um, villainous plots ever because it, it works and, and the villain gets away with it. And that's where Deathstroke takes out the Teen Titans in Teen Titans 42 through 44 and in the third annual. Because that was such a great storyline because he planted a spy on the inside. And if you think about it, he portrays all of them. He captures every one of them in succession until only Dick Grayson's left. And he does it in such a time when he already knows that Robin and Batman have had this rift, and, and Dick Grayson's trying to figure out who he is, because Dick Grayson's even thinking that maybe I just, just leave the Titans and figure out who I am, but because of this, well, I just know I, I have to do at least one more, you know, job before I can just step away from everything and be my own man, so we get, we get Nightwing. We also get Jericho in this, and I think we might even see the hint of Cole towards the end of it, right? Or Right. She wound up being introduced... In that uh, Baxter series, so it was, uh, so that was a really great villainous um, run for me because it, it was perfect. You you knew that because remember he had planted Tara Mokov in there, Tara, and we as a reader knew she was a traitor, but you kept waiting for when's it going to drop, when's the Titans going to find out, and they find out in a big way because yeah, she they was, they sat on that for a while. Right, they yeah. sat on it for a while, and this is how he captured them: is <clears throat> she infiltrates, gets all the secrets, and it's almost kind of weird because you. Deathstroke was always painted as the ultimate assassin. You know, there was no one he didn't bring in, no contract he couldn't fulfill, except for the Titans. And the fact that he had to resort to using, you know, another aid to do it speaks volume to just how capable the Teen Titans were. Because I can guarantee you, if it was gone against Justice League, he wouldn't need any help. Because Justice League's biggest failing in this time period was always that they were too confident. Titans knew they were a weaker team, and so they were always more on guard than the Justice League were. Yep. So, Madman, you got something there for your great villain arcs? Galactus in um, A Secret Wars. Oh, yes. Uh, not Galactus. I mean, um, uh, Doctor uh, Doom. Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yeah, I had him because down, too. Because he was the only one that was thinking in a completely different way of pretty much everyone else. I mean, Reed Richards, of course, he was kind of 
figuring it out, but slowly. But as, I mean, it's like as soon as they got there and Galactus goes after the Beyonder, Dr. Doom's on his heels. Right. You right. know, he's the kind of guy, he's the kind of villain that will take action when he sees it's, it's time to take action. Opportunity. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, a very interesting in terms of it set him apart from all the other heroes. And that's why he was, uh, when he put in, no, that was, that was Magneto. But I mean, he, it set him apart from all the other villains. And, um, the whole time he's pretty much doing his own thing until he realizes, okay, I need to get some of these guys on my side. And then he comes to them. He's like, right. okay, I'm going to lead you now. You well, and, and the thing about doom too, especially in that series is, you know, he knows everything. He's so incredibly intelligent because one of the first things he does in that, in that storyline is suck up to the molecule man. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Cause he knows yeah. Owen Reese was powerful. Because he You're knows the ride home. You're that the ride who home. the most powerful person <laughs> in that ship is. And yeah. it's not him. Mm-hmm. It's the molecule. man. Well, and yeah. it's so funny because, Dr. Doom is like, okay, you guys are all fighting your survival. You don't understand. If I can get to beyond his power, I get us all home. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and, and it, it just, I see the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is this is a cosmic power greater than even whatever yeah. gods you believe in, and I'm getting it. And mm-hmm. using using Claw, slicing up Claw to focus the, the oh, Beyonder's yeah. energy, you know, I mean, that it was a brilliant plan, you know, and I mean, you really... It, it really made Doom stand out in terms of, like, all the villains, I think, in the Marvel Universe. That's why Doom is one of the greatest villains yeah. in comics. Plus that right. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Doom has always been the 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 mastermind of all the villains in, in the Marvel Universe. He's the one that always shows up when one of the other villains has tried over and over to do something. And he's like, you're doing this wrong. Listen to me. <laughs> right. He goes, here's what you need to do. And they're like... Okay, Doom, so what is your plan? And then, you know, they're all cocky and arrogant. Then Doom tells them, well, you just do A and B and C. And then the other villain's like, okay, well, crap, you're right. <laughs> so. well, one of my favorite moments, and I forget which comic it, w- it was in, but the Avengers, including Ares, had in- invaded Latveria, and he had, he had stopped them. And he, he, he basically tells them that they're all going to be his prisoners except for Ares. He goes, you, you may leave on your own. He goes, because... I'd have basically he says because then I'd have to deal with Zeus and I don't want that headache. <laughs> but the rest of you, not happening. Yeah. All right, Enos, what do you got? I have Loki. Loki. And the run, the entire run of Walt Simonson. Up oh, in the Thor run. Yep. We were introduced the Loki that we have seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is di- taken directly from Simonson's run. Back in um back in eighty three, because Loki was a villain that was laughed at. Oh yeah, everyone laughed at Loki. No one took Loki seriously. Everybody, oh here's this goof again. But Walt Simonson made him. He didn't. He didn't change anything about it. He still was the god of lies. He still was the mischievous. But he was more malevolent. They made him more malevolent. And the one part of the story of the run that still stands out to me is that he had done something to Balder. He had tricked him or did something. And Balder was behind him while Loki had his back turned and was gloating. Takes his sword and slices Loki's head clean off. Keep in mind, the body doesn't drop. He just it's just there. After Balder leaves, the body moves, walks towards, picks the head up, and puts it back on. 
I can see that panel right now. And, and, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, all you saw is feet moving. You saw it go right to Loki's head. He picks it up and puts it on just like it was like it was one of the interchangeable parts on the Micronauts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a bad, that's a bad man. <laughs> that's a bad man. <laughs> I would mess with him. So. Um, that's one of the saving gr- you know every you can have, say whatever you want about the Thor movies but the but but the consistent factor that's made those movies great in entertainment to me was Tom Hiddleston's Hiddleston's excellent portrayal of Loki and how oh, yeah, he absolutely. brought, brought he that to Loki. life so that was an amazing. excellent casting wasn't it oh, it yeah, was fantastic. yeah it's one of the best casting jobs they yeah. did yeah yeah he nailed it yeah oh no doubt no doubt I, I, I think we're going to get good things out of that miniseries of his on, on Disney streaming. It should be really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Hey, what do you got, Thomas? Uh, next one up would be Norman Osborn in Dark Rain. Um, first off, I want to say in this, I really wish it had been someone other than Norman Osborn because I really would have preferred him to have stayed dead. Right. But he is a great character, and you know, he did fill the, the role really well. I mean, he, he becomes seen as, as Earth's greatest hero and the most powerful man in America. And he shuts down S.H.I.E.L.D. and replaces it with Hammer. I got to tell you, because I read that run with the Dark Reign and Avengers, and that was a brilliant move on. I mean, he he was a a fantastic villain in that series. Yeah, he shuts down the 50-state initiative, makes Iron Man a fugitive. I mean, it was a great run. You know, who would ever thought Norman Osborn was going to be the best hero in America and and in charge of security for the United States? Right, and Norman Osborn. That leads into the whole Siege event, too. Yeah. Yeah, this this is a great run. You know, Hammer was an awesome an awesome outfit, and you know it's just you know the Dark Avengers that came out of that. You know, his Iron Patriot, you know, yes, gimmick, yeah. excellent run. One of the, one of the better runs of of its time. You know, he replaced it with you know, with Dakin, Venom. You know, who was it? Bullseye. Um, who was um, the one that was replacing uh, Miss Marvel at the time? Moonstone. Moonstone. Well, Moonstone was in uh, Thunderbolts. Originally. Thunderbolts. Yeah. And and then what's great is that whole run with Norman Osborn was made possible because Thunderbolts had done so well before. Right. And they were like, okay, the public's already bought um, a group of villains as world saviors. We can do it again, believably. And you know. Yeah, and he. Oh, at one point, you know, he, part of part of his you know Secret Avengers or Dark Avengers again was the you know previously mentioned Ares. Who really didn't care what he was doing? He was the God of War, and he just wanted to fight. Right. So yeah. he was fine. Yeah, that was, that was a great run. I do I do admire that one. Yeah. Again, I I do wish it had been that they had created another character, you know, to, you know, other than Norman Osborn, because I would have preferred him to stay dead. Yeah, but and you know what? Never brought back, but who else other than Osborn could have really that, done yeah, that? Yeah, and that's a good question. Because you, it's someone that they would have had to bought in, and they would have had to develop over you know several years. It's not someone you could have just bought in and, and done on a whim. Right. And so. So that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, because a lot of the wow factor of that is the fact that Osborne's brought back from the dead for it. Yeah. I mean, so if it was Doom, okay, it's Doom. You expect it, you know. Yeah, you expect something. If it was any like other that. other lesser uh, villains like the Fixer or something, you might have kind of halfway believed it. But Osborne just fit that role. Yeah. Yeah, but it would have been, you know, someone like the Fixer or something like that, it would have been great. Someone that, you know, that would have been great too because you know, you would have had some of that for years. You know who else I think? You know what? I just thought of who could have actually really done that really good because he did Thunderbolts. Uh, was Baron Zemo? Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. Baron Zemo could have actually pulled that off really good too. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked someone in this in this role too that was you know basically seemed completely in, like Enos was saying with Loki, inept for years and years and years, only to reveal, no, he's not. He's a true genius. I could give you a couple. 
Obadiah Stane from mm-hmm. Iron yep. Man and Justin Hammer. Oh, oh that yeah. would be a good one too. Especially they would have had to completely Hammer. broke Justin Hammer down and rebuilt him, but Obadiah Stane would have been perfect to just walk right in. Uh, because you know, fresh off the Iron War, and they had to have him coasting off of Iron Wars. Everyone thought he was dead, and then he shows up. And and let's face it, Jeff Bridges nailed him in the Iron Man. Yeah, movie. he did. So that was a good one, Tommy. Yeah. Um, one of them here that I really like. Um, I actually reread this every couple of years just because it's, it was such a great storyline. Um, from Legion of Superheroes number two ninety to two ninety four, with a, a little bit of a preview in two eighty seven. Um, in Legion of the Superheroes, the Great Darkness Saga. Ah. Uh, have you read this one? Uh-uh. That is a great story. So, it, of course, the Legion's in the 30th century, but it starts off with um, there's this dark, mysterious master who has all his minions out stealing these ancient relics from, like, you know, museums and, and sacred places or what have you. And you find out that these dark creatures are basically like imperfect clones of, of their own Legionnaires. Um, and at one point, he actually takes Daxum... And he switches places. He has a time trapper physically move Daxum. So now it's in a yellow sun system. So that means every member of Daxum, every resident, has now got the powers of Superboy and, and Mono. And they all come under control of the Master. Um, so what's really great, as you read into this, it gets revealed that the Master is actually Darkseid. Oh. Because midway through the story, Brainiac 5 has figured out who the Master actually is. So, and it's one of those things you don't see coming. Because you're so used to Darkseid being in the present day, not in the future, that when it gets revealed to be him, you're just like, wow. And it's one of those ones where it's literally the last page of the book where it's Darkseid standing there. And, you, and then you're like, oh, damn. Didn't Keith Giffen write that? Yes, there you go. It was a great, I have seen that. That's a great story. I have it on trade for anybody who wants to borrow it. Um, the only problem is, I'll tell you off the air, it's got that little whole spine splitting thing. But that is a great one. Uh, Great Darkness Saga, Legion of Superheroes, 290-294. If you guys out there haven't read that one, go find a trade paperback. Trust me, you'll love it. You don't need to know a lot about the Legion of Superheroes. It's a great standalone story. Um, it's fantastic. You know, Keith Giffen, you mentioned him. He's one of those guys that when he's not trying to be funny, I tend to like his work. But when he's trying to be funny, not so, so Oh, yeah, but come on, man. Yeah. He is the originator of the One Punch that okay, I will give you that. But he's also the guy that gave us in the booster gold, the last booster gold series, the villainous Estrogena. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, okay. Do I need to get into any more than that? No. Okay. You made your case. There you go. Thank you. So <laughs> when he's when he's not trying to be you know funny and goofy and everything like that, he can write a good story. Batman, Death Guy, Gardner, and yeah. I missed it. Yes. <laughs> okay. The, 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 we create. You know, we created on this show a new term. Uh, after the uh, Avengers Endgame movie, with uh, what Darkseid did to uh, Captain Marvel, we said she Thanos. got Guy Gardnered. She got Guy Gardnered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one punch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I have a, I have one more on here. One of them that I'm sure we've all thought about, but another one that's going to have to get mentioned if one of you don't have it. Um, so have you got something else? Yes. What do you got? I have the President Lex storyline. That was great. The President Lex and Superman, Batman, Public Enemy storyline. That was fantastic. That was actually a great movie, too. One of the Warner animators Mm -hmm. was really good. We saw Superman's greatest nightmare come to pass, and that's Lex Luthor being the president of the United States. And then he had to stand in front of the press and shake his hand. Right. And what I loved about after he was elected president, you see Superman in outer space 
just beating the hell out of meteors, turning them, punching them, <laughs> right. to de- and turning them to dust. Work, working out, working off some steam. Yeah, dude. like you, <laughs> right? But there's so many great parts because even after the story, they start touching on that so much in all the media after that. Because I remember Justice League cartoon has got a fantastic bit in it where. Um, Lex Luthor does get elected president, and it's a great opening scene where they're going through the White House, and, and Wonder Woman and Batman are fighting off the Secret Service, right. and Superman bursts in, bursts into the Oval Office, and there's Lex Luthor, who's now president, and he's like, you madman, you brought the, us to the brink of war, you know, what do you think you're doing? And Lex is like, well, you know, I done set the wheels in motion, Superman, there's only one way you can stop me, and that's, you're going to have to kill me. Oh, but that's right, you don't do that, do you? And then the camera shifts. And there's them out in the hallway, and they come in, and all of a sudden, all you see is Superman with his hands behind his back just calmly looking out the window. And they don't show it to you, but you mm-hmm. see this distinctive sign of smoke crawling up from the yep. chair. And yep. you're just like, wow, he did it. Yeah. So, and, and to solidify it, Clancy Brown. I love When he voices yes. Lex Luthor, gives, gives us Luthor. John Byrne is, let me tell you something. The best thing that ever happened to Lex Luthor was John Byrne. Yes. Because the whole Man of Steel miniseries where yeah. he re revisioned uh, Lex yeah. Luthor and, and he got rid of that stupid green and purple suit yeah. and put him in a business suit. And, right. And revealed that he's much more diabolical when he's got money instead of just raw power. Exactly. And Because and, remember, they that storyline is so... Um, all-encompassing that they'd use it in, they'd use it in Smallville. Right. They use it in the Justice League cartoons. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Um, so, Tommy, I don't know if you have another one, do you? Uh, not a specific one, no. So, I mean, I, I had some other villains to talk about, but not a specific storyline. Because one that I've got to mention, it, it has to get honorable mention. Actually, I have two, but we that's the whole identity crisis thing. But this one, let's be honest, if we don't mention this one, there's going to be a listener out there banging his head on the desk going, what the hell? And that is Killing Joke when the Joker cripples oh, yes. and rapes Batgirl. Yeah. I mean, that is the, 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 That's the lowest, the lowest low. I've ever seen Joker be. And, and that was that was the storyline that drilled in my head, oh, right, this guy is a bad guy. He does bad things. He hurts people. And for so many stories, you've never really seen that. And Alan Moore's like, I'm going to remind you guys that this character you love is a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Evil personified, right, right, and then, and like like we were talking about earlier, with um, the Joker's five way revenge, that's how um, Daniel O'Neill brought him back in a big way by making him even more homicidal right. than he was in the forties, uh, right, and and this actually it kind of excuse me reminds me too, back at late eighties early nineties when we had the Joker kill Robin, right. that was once again a reminder that family. this is a bad man. You people really love this character, but you all forget at the heart of it, he is a bad guy. Um, and because not only does he do what he does to to uh, Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, but then he takes all the pictures and he makes Jim Gordon see what he's done yeah. to her. So he breaks two people at once. Um, and he almost breaks yep. Batman because you know in that book Batman's going to kill him. He's like, I am done. This is it. And Gordon yeah. even tells him, I want him brought in by the book. I want this done legally. And he's like, but Jim, you know, and he's like, no arguing. Yep, we got to show book. him. We got to right. show him our way works. Right. Yeah. And so I mean, that's. Oh, he damn near killed him in hush. Yeah. Yeah. He and had that, his hand. He had him. Yeah. And jo- and Gordon shot the ear off his cow, and he said, the next one, I'm taking you down. Right. And that's a great bit in the movie, Batman Red Hood, 
Um, so you got, if you guys haven't seen that one, that's, all the DC Wonder Brothers premiere movies are so fantastic. I mean, I will be the first to admit that they're a little hit or miss on their movies, but their cartoons are just phenomenal. They, 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 they put always, some effort in it. They oh, always yeah. hit the mark on those things. I got one before we finish. Yep. The Fatal Attraction storyline where we saw Magneto show how really malevolent he is uh, yeah. when he pulls the adamantium <laughs> off yeah. of Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Right. Because it's almost like he's been telling Wolverine, I have been toying with you all these years. Shrink. And, and it was just like, and it's like, and everyone, and what, and what makes it so, so shocking is that everyone is standing there looking at him do this, and they're like, I don't believe what I'm seeing. Right. And, and what was the thing, too, is not only does he do it, but you can tell that he's doing it effortlessly. Yeah. Um, it's not like he had to struggle. It's not like he had to go to the extent of his power. He shows you, I could have done this years ago. I just had yeah. mercy on you and never did. But now I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. Right. I'm tired of you. Then let me show you what I can really do. And, like, to me, a lot of people talk about the Marvel zombies, and I may digress for a moment. But to me, I've always, Magneto and Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom, Magneto, and Galactus are my favorite villains. And especially, I like Magneto because just when you th you you people take him very lightly, Magneto is not one to be messed with, oh, and yeah. he and he winds up making people realize this every time. And when he was taken down so easily by the Marvel zombies in the first year, and they and they took down Galactus, I said, I'm not a wild with nothing to look at. I'm no zombie fan or nothing. But the whole thing insulted my intelligence. You mean to tell me you're going all these little teeny-weeny zombies going to take down Galactus <laughs> and devour him when all Galactus has to do is this and your dust? Get out of my face, right. man. <laughs> so before we go, I want to make sure we give our props out to everybody involved here. Um, remember, Mad Men has his show, Shock Monkey Radio, Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock here on Shock Monkey Radio. That's right. Uh, on, on FXBG Public Radio. Enos <laughs> um, has got his two Facebook pages, The Realm of Superheroes, Comics and Pop Culture, and Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever. Bingo! Um, yeah, I'm getting good. That's because I'm cheating. I got him up. Remember, we have YouTube. We all now actually brought our videotaping all the yeah, episodes. Yeah, apologize. You guys were right. It was really hot in here, and I think the, it crashed the computer. It, yeah. So it was like 42 minutes in. We got uh, the, well, the right as the video ended. About midway through the show, or like the first 10 minutes in, I'm thinking, man, it's really hot in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we also have Gmail. So we would love to hear you guys at loftinalongbox at gmail.com. Um, Enos is still working on revamping our Twitter, which I noticed hasn't happened yet. <laughs> bad win. Enos, bad Enos. <laughs> get with Tommy, get that from him um, so we can get that up <laughs> and running. Um, but anyway, until next time, we're going to be down here wondering, you know, with all their cat-themed heroines, why hasn't Marvel given us a supergroup called the perfect... Okay, I'm not even going to finish it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we're lost in the long box. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. <laughs>